How are we doing this morning? Lawrence, great. We're doing good. Isn't it so wonderful to be in the presence of the Lord and of each other? Uh, no matter what Christ crucified, we have our own lives because of Jesus, because of Christ crucified, we have a testimony and we can declare with confidence that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Psalm 107 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I just invite everyone, let's stand, and we're going to declare over our day, over this worship time, we're going to declare over our circumstances and that which we need to see breakthrough, and we're going to declare over our families this verse. One, two, three. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Amen and amen. And I also just want to very quickly just declare out Psalm 150, because that's what we're going to do today. It says, let all things praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with the clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to sing, You Are Good. And it talks about how good he is that we have to dance and shout and declare the goodness of the Lord because his mercies endure forever. And we are going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living.
Oh, no. 
church. Everyone knows this. Simple worship to you, Jesus. Praise God from whom blessings
Lord is my shepherd, and he is everything I need, so I will not worry, I will not fear the enemy, he said that he loves me, he said that he's with me, even though I walk through the valley of shadow and death and still I Follow after me, so fear will 
thousand generations falling down in worship to sing the song of ages to the Lamb. And all who've gone before us and all who will believe will sing the song of ages to the Lamb. Because your name is the highest. Your name is the greatest. Your name stands above them all. Above all thrones and dominions, all powers and positions. Your name stands above them all. And the angels cry, Holy, all creation cries, Holy, you are lifted high, Holy, Holy
that are yes and amen, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. As the worship team keeps playing, we're just going to enter into a time of communion. I believe that the Lord is just drawing us into a deeper recognition of of who He is. Of what He's done for us. That His desire is for us to be the most thankful people. To carry Him everywhere. want to read a couple scriptures and see where the Lord takes it. This is in Hebrews 1, verse 2, and I'm going to be reading between Hebrews 1 and 2, and, and the Passion Translation kind of skipping around, but it says, but to us living in these last days, God now speaks to us openly in the language of a son the appointed heir of everything. For through him God created the panorama of all things and all time. 
The sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, the exact expression of God's true nature, His mere image. He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of His spoken word. He accomplished us, for us, the complete cleansing of sins and then took His seat on the highest throne at the right hand of the Majestic One. Hebrews 2, verses 8 and onward, it says, This means that God has left nothing outside the control of His Son, even if we presently have yet to see this accomplished. But we see Jesus, who as a man lived for a short time lower than the angels and has now been crowned with glorious honor because of what he suffered in his death. For it was by God's grace that he experienced death's bitterness on behalf of everyone. For now he towers above all creation, for all things exist through him and for him. And that God made him the pioneer of our salvation, perfect through his sufferings. For this is how he brings many sons and daughters to share in his glory. Jesus, the Holy One, makes us holy, and so as his sons and daughters, we now belong to his same Father. He is not ashamed or embarrassed to introduce us as his brothers and sisters. One of the things that I love about Jesus, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he has just been continuously drawing people to himself for the last 2,000 plus years. Just think about that. The gospel, from the moment that he came, walked on the earth, fulfilled the prophecies that were spoken about him, called the disciples, established the church. From that point onward till now, his spirit has continually gone out throughout the earth and people just keep coming to Jesus. (laughs) There was even periods and times of history that had different titles like the Dark Ages or the Middle Ages. The, the Lord worked through all of that, and yet here we are, and people are still coming to Jesus. <laughs> it's because He's the name above every name. He's the one that sacrificed and laid everything down. He's the one that made it all possible. And for myself, I love that, that when we enter into a place of worship or praise or just into His presence, that we're not just entering into the moment of our life, but we're literally entering in to a God who's been faithful for a thousand generations. That Jesus always was, always is, he created everything, and we have the honor to step into his presence and what we're facing in our own lives in comparison to what he's accomplished throughout all eternity, it pales in comparison, but at the same time, he draws near to us and wants to reveal who he is and how he wants to express himself through our lives, through the testimony of his faithfulness if we're willing to obey him and follow him.
That's amazing. It's the big grandiose scale of he's awesome and powerful and he's worth all worship and there's millions of angels around the throne worshiping him for all that he's done for all of humanity. But at the same time, you can be one single life before his throne worshiping him and what he has accomplished on the cross is just as valuable in one life as the whole multitude because it still expresses an aspect of his heart that he just loves to share that he just loves to reveal himself in so many unique and crazy and wonderful ways and he's continually inviting us into experiencing that and encountering that and sharing that and seeing other people come into that and that's an incredible honor and privilege and that's why we're here so we can partake of the elements. We gotta find the elements here. But Lord, we're excited this morning, Lord, that you're the author and finisher and perfecter, Lord of our faith, Lord. Lord, that you became a man and experienced everything that we've experienced in the realm of temptation. But Lord, you made a way of escape through relationship with you. And so Lord, we, by faith, Lord, not only in remembrance, but in an active participation, Lord, this morning, partake of your body and your blood to celebrate, to offer gratitude and thanksgiving that we've surrendered our lives to you. And if you're here and you haven't surrendered your life to him yet, I would encourage you to, to not necessarily partake in communion if you haven't laid your whole life before him in complete surrender and obedience. But he's here in our midst. And he says, draw close to me. Obey me, follow me, and I will express myself through you in your life and draw others unto me. So, Lord, we thank you for your body and your blood broken for us this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name, 2,000 years ago, Lord. It's fresh. And because of that, Lord, your name above every name, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus.
So we're, we're going to transition here into the next thing that, that the Lord has for us. But really quickly, I'd like the, the following people to come up here, which would be Ashley Zare and Kennedy and Asia and Tiana. And Friday night, we had a chance to go out for First Friday, share Jesus with people. It was kind of a, a colder night. Uh, so we were congregated around where the gaseous flames are in that plaza or whatever. But one of the cool things, just as the Lord continues to pour out his spirit, everything else, is how the Lord continually likes to just reveal himself and bring about divine connections and appointments. And one of the young men that we've met a long, long time ago down there at First Friday, his name's David Martin, and occasionally we go down there, always try and find him, and, you know, he's a believer, and but is still working through some things in his life, and had a chance to share with him and minister to him many times, so we're down there, I'm always trying to find him, and I missed him probably the last five or six times I've been down there, but I ran into him, saw him, it's just like, when I see him, it's just light up, it's like, I know the Lord loves him, has a purpose, go over, start talking to him, and he's like, yeah, I just started going to this church in Hartville called Cornerstone, well, that's funny. That's one of the churches. I didn't attend there growing up, but it was in churches in the area. And then he told me who the pastor's name was, and the pastor of that church was my youth pastor at the Mennonite church that I grew up with. And I'm like, what, what are the connections and the chances and the timing of the, this person that we individually met and can't, like, what? The Lord just all works that out, and then my youth pastor is now the current pastor of that church, which is just, I just love how the Lord does all of these things. And so I just kind of also wanted to bring up Kennedy and Asia because they, write, they came out with us on Friday night. They had, like, they shared Jesus. And they were at the booth just in August receiving pictures. Now, they love Jesus. They love the Lord. But they were receiving pictures. And one of the things that I didn't even know Ashley was telling me that, Asia, you've been receiving pictures at our booth from First Friday since when? I was, like, in middle school. Middle school. So. Middle school. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you said you have a stack of pictures, right? Yeah, like I've moved a couple times, but I used to just collect the pictures and put them on the fridge as a young girl. And um, I was really on fire for Jesus then. And so even I have a couple of pictures lingering around, but I would just go to First Friday. Oh, my gosh, I have to find this table. I have to hear what Jesus is saying to me. Like I would look like I would circle around the whole downtown looking for this specific particular table just because I wanted a picture because I wanted to hear what God had to say to me so so if, if that is an inspiration to come to like first Friday I mean since middle school so then I want to ask to share just a little bit of what happened on Friday night yes so then uh one of the opportunities that we had, we actually ran into one of Asia's cousins down there and just had a chance to be able to talk to her. And when I had asked if she wanted prayer for or needed prayer for anything, it just shifted something in the conversation where she really felt like she could open up, I think, the dynamics of knowing that her cousin is there and that family connection. Um, but then being able just to speak into her life about God does have a purpose for you. He does have a plan. He's created you to be able to know him, and that's why that is your purpose. And being able to share the gospel um, with her and offered her, I was like, have you ever given your life completely to the Lord? And she flat out blankly was like, no. I was like, is, 
was is there a reason? She's kind of like, no. <laughs> and so then just being able to continue to speak into her life and share why Jesus came, why he died on the cross, why he rose again, and extended that to her. And she accepted and she said, yes, I want, I want to live completely for Jesus. So I had a chance to pray with her, which was incredible. And then afterwards, after the prayer, just really got to speak into her life of you have a heart of obedience. You are one who hears, who will hear the Lord and will say, yes, I will obey. I will do what you are saying. I will follow your heart. And so uh, it was just incredible because she was out with her coworkers. And so in the midst of our conversation, she's like, I, I just want to go home. Like, I'm, I'm done for the night. I just want to go home. And so her coworkers had already left. And then a little while later, they came back and they're like, looking for her they have no idea where she went and so just really praying into her life of letting the Lord continue to breathe into her um, encouraged her to read through John and just allowed Jesus to speak deeply into her heart in the midst of that Um, so uh, Kennedy and I saw some uh, young ladies sitting on the wall in the stadium area uh, downtown and just felt led to go and talk to them. And um, so we just sat down, asked them about school, asked them their ages and everything, and, you know, just chatted with them a little bit. And uh, I just asked them, you know, do you, do you guys know who Jesus is? And um, they shared a little bit about, you know, what, what yeah, of course. And I said, who is he? Um, well, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, he died on the cross. <laughs> um, so, uh, the Lord just prompted my heart to just share, um, just the experience that I've been through with my mom passing away and, and how the Lord's, um, what the Lord's done in my heart with that. And, uh, just shared with them that, you know, he, he's my comfort. He's my strength. He's my everything. He's my best friend. And, you know, and then they said, oh, we, we pray to him, you know, we, we, <laughs> we pray to him. I said, but have you ever prayed to him, ever said to him, I want you to be, be my everything. I want you to be my all in all. I want you to be that in my life. And so um, they said, well, no. And then, um, and then Kennedy shared with them. Yeah, I can share a little bit. Yeah. So <laughs> a little bit shy, but working on that. So I basically talked to the girls. I forget their names for the life of me. I don't, it's, not, well, not important, but. Yeah, it was Nevea ne and Shawana. Nevea and Shawana? Okay. Oh, <laughs> may not be that. So I just talked to the young ladies about um, my testimony about, like, where I worked and stuff like that. And I talked to girls like that all the time. And um, afterwards, I just, like, gave them prayer and they gave their life to Christ, so. Much I was a little nervous, but didn't know what was going on. But and, and, we, and what did they say to you? Didn't they say um, when you were talking to them? Then they said, "We we want to know him more." Didn't they say something like that? Yeah, they did. While we were both talking, yeah, they did say like we want to know them more. I was just sharing my testimony about the last year of my life, about being in a toxic, abusive relationship, and asking them questions if they ever related to that. And they kind of, like, related to that, too. So that kind of led into, like, the prayer for them. And after that, I prayed for them, and they received. So, yeah. Yes, Lord. And so for the, just love it. Thank you, Lord. And for those of you that don't know, at First Friday, we do have a booth where we draw 
like prophetic pictures for people. Like we ask Jesus, for anybody that's coming past, give us a picture to draw for them to bless them. And one of the things that blesses me the most is that it's not always necessarily specifically, I have to get this picture exactly right. It's how can I love the person sitting right across from me? And then the Holy Spirit gives the gift of whatever that person needs, where we're not focused just on, oh, this is what I have to draw the right thing. It's you love this person. They're sitting across from me. What do you want to speak to them? Let me be a vessel, your hand, your feet, your arms, to share the love. And to me, I'm just so blessed. I'm so encouraged to see the fruit of those who came to receive, and now they're giving out, and it's multiplication, and it's amazing. So first Friday, next Friday, that's the first Friday of every month till Jesus comes back. And, and just as Andy was saying that, the Lord, you know, it's, it's kind of sometimes daunting maybe when you get in front of someone, and then you have paper, and then you have curling things, you're like, what, what's going on? But the Lord spoke to my heart about how it is much more important to him what is happening in the heart of the person in front of us than even what we can even think or imagine. He desires them to come into his heart. He desires them to come into his kingdom. And so it's not about what, how well we draw or what we're drawing or even, you know, it's not really about us at all. It's about God's desire, as Andy was saying, for the person in front of us. So he'll do it. If we, if we are obedient to step into it, then he'll do it, not us. He'll do it. So. Amen. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> That's so awesome. I, I'm really encouraged. Can we give those guys a big thank you, Jesus? That's really cool. I just want to tell you that I came across a really short clip that I sent around. Um, it called Andy, actually, when he was down at First Friday. I sent around on Friday, and it's about 30 seconds, and it's a reminder that if we step out, even if we feel kind of nervous and boldness, then the Lord's power will come and back us up. And he was so excited when I called him. I said, hey, what's going on down there? And he goes, oh, man, this is great. We've got so many people. And it just this energy was coming from him that touched my heart. So to hear you all come up and testify, and there's many others, thank you so much. We're going to show a very short clip of something that we did a year or so ago. And this was in Mozambique. And we're going back April 1st because we do have a call to share Jesus wherever we are, in our schools, in our workplaces, down to First Friday across the world. And we just want to show you a couple things that happened. So we're going to show a short clip right now just to stir up and ask you guys to be praying about what's happening April 1st. Can't hear it. I'm very happy. The good move. Move. Oh, my God. 
And then we were part of that, part of that doubling physically and putting the roof on and everything else. So to go back and see something like that was really encouraging. We have one more very short clip and obviously a reason to turn the camera, turn the phone the right way when we're taking videos so you can see it all the way across. But let's go ahead and see the last one. And we did many things you over there. Lord of the harvest, you deserve here I am, I say yes to the Lord of the harvest. You deserve it all. Here I am, I say yes. And Lord, I feel the calling us to go to the nations and we have been since 1995 96 and we're not going to stop and we're continuing to go new places going back to old places continuing to build up when we go in april we're going to the least of the least as pastor jose novella from iris global says that we partner with he says these are the forgotten ones where we're going a lot of people who've been incarcerated they've been rebels and they've been let out so to speak but they don't have any direction and they're way out in no man's land, and we're going there. We're going to do a kingdom Bible school. We're bringing solar audio Bibles, and we're having crusades and many other things. So just inviting you to step into that process, whatever part you play in that, so that we can see God's kingdom come and will be done on earth in Mozambique as it is here and in heaven as well. So thank you for all you're doing here locally and all we're doing overseas. And thanks for being part of that. God bless you all. Rachel has a short message about something coming up. And then Pastor Bill has a message. So we definitely want to be praying into what God's going to do in Mozambique. 
uh, starting April 1st. Well, right before that is actually Resurrection Sunday on March 31st. And it feels like we just celebrated New Year's, but here we are looking towards uh, Resurrection Sunday. And we always have an amazing service celebrating uh, the King that Sunday. And then we also have something on uh, Good Friday. We have a service. And last year, if you guys remember, um, our Kingdom Kids and Teens put on something called the Journey to the Cross. And uh, we loved it. It was an evangelistic opportunity. We shared the gospel and uh, prayed with people for salvation. We're going to do it again this year. So here's a video. You can uh, remember what all took place last year. and the stories of what he's done. I just heard a story of he raised that little boy from the dead. He just told him he was dead, but now he's alive. Isn't that crazy? And then a few days later, when they were about to have my burial, this man came up to me and said, Get up, my child. I, I got up and I could be here. You guys want to hear about a miracle? Presenting my body broken for each of you. I loved it so much, <laughs> and uh, we get to do it again. So uh, last year, we tried, um, the, the young people tried to keep it kind of um, a secret from you all so that you could come and enjoy Jerusalem and be surprised. Well, now the secret's out. You all know we're going to make this place into Jerusalem for Good Friday, and uh, we want to work together um, with our kingdom kids, with our teens, and all of us adults uh, to transform this place and to invite people to come in and ex have an experience with Jesus. It's going to be an evangelistic outreach, which means we're going to share the gospel. So um, we are going to get you a small video that you can text out and invite people, other ways to invite but I just want you guys um, thinking, having the vision, and also uh, we need help to transform this place. So there's, you can jump in anyway through decorations, costumes, drama, refreshments. We want to, you know, do some spring cleaning outside so it looks great. So anyway you want to help, you are welcome. Come talk to me or come talk to Jamie. And that is March 29th. Kids are released to Kingdom Land.
Let's stand today to pray. Hopefully you're reading through the books of First and Second Timothy. I'll be uh, checking on that in a couple of weeks, see if people have read through those books. A lot in there. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to get too far into the year without reading those books. Father, we give you glory today. We honor you. We've brought praise to you. We've seen you bring people to you in salvation. Lord, this weekend already, you are doing the supernatural in our midst. That's all you can do, Jesus, is the supernatural. That's who you are. We love that. We want more. Place it in our hearts to be hungry for more of the supernatural. We know how to be churchy, Lord. We need you to be supernatural. We're really good at being religious, Father. But we need you for the supernatural. The above of the above, the beyond of the beyond. We want to go to the edge and beyond. We want to go to the edge of the boat and step off onto the water, God. No more sitting in the back of the boat. This is not the year to sit in the back of the boat. Jesus, encourage us, nudge us, carry us to the edge of the boat to walk on water, stepping off to walk on water with you. You're always where the supernatural is. You don't sit around in the natural. When they said to you, Lord, look at these buildings, these magnificent buildings, you said they will all be destroyed. The temple will be destroyed. My temple will be destroyed and raised up in three days. You went right to the supernatural. They were concerned with the natural. Jesus, we so easily pay attention to the natural. We need you to take us where you live the supernatural. Jesus, take us there. Take us there. Take us there in worship. Take us there in the word. Take us by the spirit. You promise that in these days there'll be more communication, supernatural communication, dreams, visions, pictures, We want to be part of that. We want to experience that, God. We settle for the natural Jesus. Take us to the supernatural, even this morning. 
We don't want this business as usual business. We don't want to camp on something we are comfortable with. We need you to take us higher and deeper at the same time. Take us to the place that the waters are over our head so that we need you to swim. Take us to the place in the spirit where we're uncomfortable because we're shaking under the power of God. We remember today what you've done in our lives and in the lives of others that we put our hand out to heal and you've healed. You have healed through us, using us. We've opened our mouth and the gospel has gone forth and teaching, powerful teaching, far beyond our ability because Holy Spirit was filling our mouth with the words. We remember today, Lord. As soon as we forget, we fall back to the natural, Lord, where we're comfortable. We stretch. We move to the edge. We seek. We ask you to make us hungry for your presence, for the supernatural is always the atmosphere. Jesus, take us there right now. Why wait? Why should we wait? We can ask you to take us there right now in this time together and beyond. Transform our week, W-E-E-K, and transform our week, W-E-A-K, that more of the supernatural would be invited in. We shouldn't go a week and be weak in the supernatural. And you're the only one that can bring it. We can't conjure it up ourselves. We can't make it happen. We, to, we have to come before you. And you bring signs, wonders, miracles, healings, deliverances, salvations, baptisms, and the Holy Spirit. It's all you. We don't want to be blah this morning. We don't want to be downcast. We want to look higher than ourselves, higher than our feelings, higher than our challenges, higher than our tribulations. That takes you. So we seek you and we ask you, we invite you in, we put out the red carpet for you to walk right in here and show yourself. Show yourself. Touch our hearts. That's what you're interested in. You don't want this just to be a time where a message is given. About 3% of it is really heard. 
and then it's forgotten before we reach the door. You want to speak to us. Speak way beyond the message. Speak way beyond what is shared. Put that hook in our hearts, Father. Fish for us and hook us. That we would be caught by you, captured by you during this time together. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Or you can stay standing. I have so much to share today. I hope some of you have a few hours. Uh, I was thinking maybe 5 o'clock this afternoon we'd release. Some of you laugh, but that's happened before. I think it was more like 6 o'clock or 6.30 we let out one service. Do you think so? Oh. <laughs> okay. I don't want to go back there right now. So the prayer had to do with what's been on my heart. And that is we've had so many supernatural occurrences over the history of our time together. Some of you have been around for a lot of signs, wonders, miracles, transformed lives. And I'm excited about that. When I look up here, I see the various nations, and they've been touched. And it's simply because we, we went there, not that we felt particularly powerful, that we felt like we were anointed. In some cases, at least for me, it wasn't that I was directly led to go to a particular country. He just said, go. And so we found that he was leading it. As soon as we stepped forward to go, then he would lead it. He would empower it. And he would give us the assurance, yes, you're on the right track. I said go. As soon as you stepped out to go, I gave you the assurance that you were on the right track. You were in the center of my will. You were going to be anointed. You might not even feel like it. I remember stepping onto the plane to go to many countries and feeling totally weak totally unprepared but relying on him to bring the power to touch people when we crossed our path with theirs overseas or downtown wherever it might be I wanted to see myself as Paul and it was probably more like Mark, who left the first missionary journey. Fortunately, I've never left a mission and come home early. But I know I felt like it. Weak. 
But in that weakness, we just call out, don't we? And this morning, I want to center on some of the supernatural things where we call out on God for our own selves, and he answers. Oftentimes, it's when we're sick. We feel very weak. Just a few weeks ago, I was up here. I had a back problem. No one knew. Felt uh, really challenged in my back. Well, I've learned something. You go to the one that heals just like you want him to heal in the nations. You have to believe that for yourself. That's where it starts often as to whether you can pray for someone else with any kind of mustard seed of faith. And so I was up here. I was giving a presentation. I was into it. I knew it was God. It happened to be when we were drawing together as a family to help a family within Frontline. And I was knowing it was God. That morning, I knew, and he had to give me the words just to say it the right way. Because there's many people with needs. And some could raise their hand, what about me? What about me? But we were going to bless a particular family in Frontline. Anonymous, for some of us at least. And as I stepped down from the platform, I realized my back was totally healed. And I'm like, ah, oh, this has happened to me a number of times. When we first started in this building in 2005, it was my turn to preach, and we were meeting on Sunday nights. And so I had a back problem, but I was going to step toward preaching. And at that time, we walked from the back for, from, for some reason. <laughs> And we walked up to the podium, which was a small little stand that we put up here. And we had a small group. I was looking forward to the preaching time, but I was not looking forward to standing up all that time with a back problem. Now, don't get the idea that I have back problems all the time, because that's not the case. But in these two instances. So as I walked up, it was hurting, but of course, I was not acting like it was hurting. I was gingerly walking up, smiling to the podium. As I preached my message, my back was healed. And it was more severe than just a few weeks ago. Very severe. It was healed. As soon as I stopped preaching, it came back. Now you explain that one to me. Because I don't know why. I went home, barely could get in the car. I went home and crawled into bed that night. Pain, such pain. But I kept saying, I was healed while I was preaching. <laughs> so this has to go. It's not going to stay. The enemy can't even stop it when I'm just preaching. Certainly this is going to go. So I prayed, and then I was very smart. 
for a change. I said to Pastor Mary Pat, let's pray. And I, either she suggested or I suggested that we walk up and down our hallway, our upper hallway, and she's behind me praying for the supernatural to show up for healing in my back. And she began to speak out in tongues. So people can say whatever they want about speaking in tongues. But she was letting me have it with tongues. She was going after this back. And as I made the turn on the, on the hallway, she turned right with me. She didn't lose contact. We went up and down that hallway a few times and nothing happened. But I went to bed. I woke up the next morning, no back pain. You remember I went golfing. And somehow I ended up with heat something or other. Heat stroke, heat, whatever those terms they use. You know, it doesn't matter the terms. They're just trying to label something. You're hurting. I ended up passing out in my hallway. Same hallway. You have some good things happen in that hallway and not so good things happen in that hallway. I passed out in the hallway. And just about that time, Mary Pat showed up with Andy. And I remember they came to, they came to the top of the stairs, and here I am passed out. No one had been home when I passed out. Heat exhaustion, heat something, I don't know. And so Andy shouts into my ear. He didn't say pastor. He said, Bill! Bill! Come back! Where are you, Bill? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> this isn't where you should be. <laughs> and I hear him. And I come too. And they pray over me. And for some reason, they both left again. <laughs> they believed in their prayer. And I had responded to it. And so I said, wow, it's been a long day. Did all that golfing, did all that, who knows for how long, out on the floor. I think I'll take a bath. I have a garden tub. I'm going to use it. So I'm in the tub, and the enemy comes to me. They're gone. And he says, you're going to die in this tub. He speaks that to me. Not an audible voice, but you can tell when it's the enemy, and you can tell when it's God trying to speak something to you. You're going to die in this tub. And I thought, what a place to die. Can't I die in a raging storm out on the ocean? I'm going to die in a tub. What will that look like? And I started to fear. And I just had come back. I started to fear, and then I, it kicked in. Don't do that. Tell him. 
you're not going to die. So I said, I'm not going to die in this tub. Watch this. And I stepped out of the tub, and I started feeling stronger than I had before I started the golf. And had no problem. And then when Mary Pat came home, I gave her the testimony. You know, I was wrestling with the enemy in the tub while you were gone somewhere. <laughs> and I won with Jesus. Amen. These things are supposed to teach us something. Every time we're healed by God, every time we're rescued by God, we're supposed to learn something from it. Every time we go on a mission to downtown or overseas, we're supposed to learn something from Jesus. If you go, I just read the book of Mark in the last two or three days. And it's like the disciples were clueless as he laid it all out to him, I, to them. I am going to the cross, and then I'm going to raise from the dead. And when it happened, when it actually happened, they were like all shocked, surprised. He laid it out. Now, this is Jesus. Wouldn't you be listening? If you were right in the midst of Jesus, having meals with Jesus, wouldn't you be listening? Wouldn't you think that he's speaking truth? You know, apparently Peter didn't. Because he said, no, you're not going to do that. <laughs> Get thee behind me, Satan. Whoa. How did you like that kind of correction in the group you're in? Someone says something sideways, not quite with the program, and you say, get thee behind me, Satan, Bible study person. Kind of a rough correction. But you're in the top team. You're in the team that's going to take the gospel to the nations for the first time. You got to be open to the correction, right? And in this book of Mark, there's more, more healings than any other gospel that are laid out. You just go from one healing to the next healing, to the next healing. And Jesus is just walking through this like, this is supposed to happen all the time, guys. And the disciples are sent out, and they actually see some healings and deliverances. That's how easy it is to defeat the enemy. You don't even have to be endued from power from on high. On the day of Pentecost, and demons run just because you're associated with Jesus. They didn't have a clue what was happening till after Pentecost. They were confused, weak, all denied him basically by running away. Peter did the three denial thing after saying, I will die for you. Never, never say that you'll, I'm going to die for Jesus. If it ever comes down to you say, I don't know if I will. <laughs> I'm going to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to go by my big talk. And you'll probably do far better. So many healings. 
And I don't want us to forget. Because the last days we said are here. Didn't we say that? A number of times. In First and Second Timothy, you'll notice it talks about the last days. That's why you need to read it. We need to get prepared. How do we get prepared? Remembering all that Jesus has done for us. Because we're going to need to remember that. As the last days smash in on us more than they have, we're going to have to remember these things that have happened. I want you this morning to remember times he's healed you, times that the supernatural has touched your natural. I might have a couple people come up and share, so get ready to give glory to Jesus. We've already heard him receive some glory from Friday night. Those are supernatural events, you know. He crosses paths with certain individuals downtown. It's not just like random. He knows those people are going to be the ones that we talk to. He knows what you're going to say, and he's going to multiply it. Because you never say enough about Jesus. You never can explain it well enough. He takes it from wherever you bring it, and he takes it into the supernatural for that person. I remember when I was first a Christian, a friend of mine invited me to come to his hometown. And so I went there for a weekend, and he said, uh, you know, my, I want you to meet my sister. She's at high school, and we can go there because people like me at high school. I, I did very well in music, so they, they let me come in whenever I want. I'm like, okay. So I go in there, and it's lunch, and we're in the high school band area, and all these people are practicing instruments, and I give her the gospel. And it was so loud. It was outrageously loud. I couldn't hear her. She couldn't hear me. I'm giving her the gospel. That's a weak situation. You would rather that, okay, everybody, just quiet down. We're giving out the gospel here. Just, just for a few minutes. It won't take long. No, it was completely loud. And she was radically born again. My witness was weak. The atmosphere was weak. Everything was weak except the supernatural. Jesus was there. Jesus rescued her. Jesus brought his salvation to her. Not me. Not the perfect atmosphere. It's never perfect. When we're overseas, sometimes they're so rowdy. You know, you see all these pictures up here of, you know, big groups, or rather big groups out in the villages. And you think, oh, they're all just sitting there waiting to hear the gospel. No, they're rowdy. Many of them. Many of the crowds are just plain rowdy, just like at Jesus' time. Doesn't matter. The supernatural wins. The enemy's defeated. He's too wimpy to win. So I believe we need to be preparing ourselves as the last days come with remembrances of these healings in our lives. So I want to give you a taste of Mark's sharing about the last days and then give you a few healings and we'll see how much time we have left for you to share. And Jesus began to say to them, this is Mark 13, verse 5, 
And Jesus began to say to them, See to it that no one misleads you. Many will come in my name saying, I am he, and they will mislead many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. For nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will also be famines. These things are only the beginning of of the birth pains. pains. But be on your guard, for they will hand you over to the courts, and you will be flogged in the synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. And when they arrest you and hand you over, do not worry beforehand about what you are to say, but say whatever is given to you at that time, for you are not the one speaking, but it is the Holy Spirit. I thought I'd hear praise God, wonderful, yes, that's awesome, that's... I need that. I don't want to be the one speaking. I want the Holy Spirit to speak. I want to be a pipe that he flows through. And brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. And children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by everyone because of my name. But it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. Now, when you see the abomination of desolation standing where it should not be, let the reader understand. Then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. Whoever is on the housetop must not go down, nor go in to get anything out of his house. And whoever is in the field must not turn back to get his cloak. But woe to those women who are pregnant, and to those who are nursing babies in those days. Moreover, pray that it will not happen in winter, for those days will be such a time of tribulation as has not occurred since the beginning of the creation which God created until now, and never will again. And if the Lord had not shortened those days, no life would would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, Whom he chose, he shortened the days. And then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will provide signs and wonders in order to mislead, if possible, the elect. But beware, I have told you everything in advance. But in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from the heaven and the powers that are in the heavens will be shaken and then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send forth the angels and will gather together his elect from the four winds from the end of the earth to the end of heaven. Now learn the parable from the fig tree. As soon as its branch has become tender and sprouts its leaves, you know that summer is near. So you too, when you see these things happening, recognize that he is near right at the door. What year is this? Year of the open door. I'm not going to say there's a correlation, but who knows. Truly I say to you, 
This generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but the Father alone. Watch out. Stay alert. For you do not know when the appointed time is. It is like a man away on a journey, who upon leaving his house and putting his slaves in charge, assigning to each one his task, also commanded the doorkeeper to stay alert. What year is this? The year of the open door. You are a doorkeeper. Therefore, stay alert, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, whether in evening, at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, so that he does not come suddenly and find you asleep. What I say to you, I say to all, stay alert. I felt good reading that. Because I'm putting you on notice. I'm putting me on notice. The Bible wants to put us on notice. Tell us in advance. It is the best prophecy, right? Because you know it's completely accurate. It prophesies to us. Stay alert. Get ready. Are you a watch person? Are you a doorkeeper? Are you ready for the things that are going to happen? Are you ready to be an enemy of the world? We've had it easy so far. I say that with a smile. Because I think joy is going to carry us through. Because we're going to remember the things that Jesus taught us and the things that he has done for us. And our times in his presence are going to be sweeter. We're going to cry more. Thanking him for everything he has done and what he will do when we're under more pressure. Some of you don't smile enough. You need to smile back when I smile. Okay, when I smile, you smile. That's the way it's supposed to work. I know this is kind of, you know, a concerning passage. But we're not going to get through this together if only half of us is smiling. I'll tell you a passage that I cried. It's in Mark 2. And then I, start, I kept crying through Mark 3. I'll just tell you. The paralyzed man healed. And we saw it up here with the whole Easter thing. I noticed, did you? When Jesus came back to Capernaum a few days later, it was heard that he was at home. And many were gathered together, so there was no longer space, not even near the door. And he was speaking the word to them. Throughout Mark, you get the idea Jesus was crowded all the time. Crowds around him all the time. You get that sense as you go through Mark. Always crowds. He had to break away to get with his father and go, go to some mountain and pray. It's the only way to break away from the crowd. They were constantly wanting something from him. And he didn't give them everything he wanted. He spoke to them in parables. He only allowed the inner circle to really understand the parables. 
You would think Jesus would want to make it clear to everybody. But he likes those that are hungry, that come in close, that don't just want to be always on the outer courts, but come into the inner sanctuary. And he reveals secrets to those. Did Jesus have favorites? I'm sorry he did. There were three in his own team. But you can be his favorite if you do what they did. Come into where he was. Ask him questions. Drawing close. John says, I was the beloved. Because I put my head on his chest. That's why he thought he was the beloved. You can be the beloved. No longer space. Not even near the door. He was speaking the word to them. And some people came bringing in to him a man who was paralyzed, carried by four men. And when they were unable to get him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after digging an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralyzed man was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there and thinking it over in their hearts. Why does this man speak this way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins except God alone? This is in their hearts. Immediately, Jesus says, aware in his spirit that they were thinking that way, within themselves, said to them, why are you thinking about these things in your hearts? Jesus had his own first Friday. He knew what was in people's hearts. When you go to First Friday, you kind of realize God knows what's in people's hearts. You start to draw something, and they're like, how did you know? <laughs> I didn't. Which is easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or say, get up, pick up your pallet, and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralyzed man, I say to you, get up. Pick up your pallet and go home. And he got up and immediately picked up the pallet and went out in the sight of everyone. So they were all amazed and were glorifying God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. And he went out again to the seashore and all the people were coming to him. And he was teaching them. So he leaves the house, he goes out to the seashore, they follow crowding him again. We have to have that same gratitude for Jesus of the healings that have come in our lives. The various miracles that we've seen, the supernatural, because that keeps a supernatural atmosphere around us. So that when we face the events of the last days, whatever they look like for us, as a tribe here, whatever they look like for us as individuals, we're going to have that atmosphere around us of the supernatural. That's what I want for you. I want you to carry that atmosphere. I want you to carry that gratitude for what God has done for you personally and what he's done through you for others. You say, well, I haven't been used to 
do much for anybody else. Stay here and you will. Or at least stay with Jesus and you will. I cried at that because they were good friends. <laughs> to come and be like dirt's falling down on the people, you know, that are in the house. They're looking up. And here's these four friends. They're just having a great old time. Oh, take that block off of there. Oh, little dirt fell down. Oh, well. <laughs> and people are like, what are you doing? It's already hot in here. We're trying to get to Jesus. Now the ceiling's falling in. And these friends are just like, they're true friends. That's the kind of friendship I want around here. I want it close. So close, you don't care what people say about your buddy. Hey, can't you just go home? No, we're going to lower him right down. Because we're his friends. This guy had four friends. Loyal friends that would take abuse to get him down in front of Jesus. That's the kind of friends I want to be with in the last days. Where's my four? Okay, nobody raised their hand. Okay. Uh, oh, my sweetheart did. Where's my one? Okay. Okay, there's two. My daughter. Okay. So far, we have family. <laughs> Mark 3, verse 1. He entered a synagogue again, and a man was there whose hand was withered. And they were watching him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. He said to the man with the withered hand, get up and come forward. And he said to them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do harm to save a life or to kill? Jesus stirred up things, you know. He's in the synagogue. He knows what their religious issues are. He knows what's going to cross them. So he asks a very controversial question. Can you kill on the Sabbath? <laughs> he puts that in with, can you do good on the Sabbath? He covered the whole gamut. Because who did they want to kill? I don't hear you. Him. We find that out many times. They wanted to kill him. Is it good to kill on the Sabbath? Would you kill me on the Sabbath? Probably would. And say it was good. But are you going to care about this man with a withered hand on the Sabbath? When something so good could happen? After looking around at them. oh, they, But they kept silent. Of course they didn't answer that question. Many questions Jesus asked. He didn't wait for their answer. He would be waiting until now. The answer shut their mouths, and they were talkers. They thought they knew everything. The religious always think they know everything. It's those of us that know we're children that actually learn from our Father. After looking around at them with anger, Yes, Jesus was angry that they did not want to see the supernatural on a particular day of the week. I know, at least, you want to see the supernatural on our 
Sabbath, which is today. No longer Saturday. I know you want to do that, but they didn't. There are people who don't want to see the supernatural. They'll do anything not to see it because it means they would have to obey God. They would have to follow this Jesus if he's that powerful. He said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. Jesus stirred things up. Forgave the guy's sin that was coming out of the ceiling. (laughs) I mean, it's obvious he's on a pallet what his need is, right? Healing. Jesus takes it a notch higher. I forgive your sins. Ooh, that stirred up the religious crowd. Then he heals the man. Here, heals on the Sabbath. He knows it's going to go against everything that they believe. He's still tearing things down in us to believe for his healings. I don't know if any of you have heard this before, but he has a name for healing. Jehovah Rapha. God, your healer. Do you really believe that? I want to continue to gain in believing that. So we have situations that crop up in this fellowship where people are sick, where people who are kids are sick. And we can say, well, it's, it looks like a cold. It'll last this amount of days, and it'll be over. I'll just suffer through it. Or do we want to see Jesus in those normal, everyday viruses to accelerate the healing? That's where you practice. Accelerate the healing in the, the common, everyday sicknesses. It's where you say, I'm going to bring in the supernatural even on something that is just kind of Life, that's the way life is. Same thing with finances or emotional stress or anything else. You practice when it's a minor irritation so that you can face the major things like the whole world falling apart. So in 2010, when I broke my ankle and I had people prophesying over it, and I saw a picture of Jesus coming down with a finger and moving around in the joints of my ankle, and the orthopedic surgeon says, I can fix it. I can fix it. I didn't know what to do. But I knew God was going to do something special because he gave me a picture. And sure enough, that ankle was healed without surgery. And I thank God so much for that because I've gone back to that years after year after year. You have things that have happened in your life. Maybe not quite as dramatic, but he has healed you of something. Because Jehovah Rapha, he lives inside of you. He doesn't come from the outside. He comes from the inside. Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And healing, his name lives inside of you. So I want you to tap that supernatural more often. 
because you're going to be facing bigger things. I want you to sign up for the supernatural in the smallest things you need the supernatural for and thank him with greater gratitude than you could ever imagine coming out of yourself for even a minor miracle because that's going to take you through the last days. So we have our beloved Pastor Mary Pat in our midst. She's had a broken wrist since May. Some of you have forgotten. This isn't to condemn you. This is to invite you. We need to see that wrist become whole. We need to be foolish in our belief that that wrist is going to be normal. You can imagine after eight months, physical therapists are starting to get a little, like, is this thing going to move? I mean, are these fingers going to move? I'm, I'm speaking very vulnerably to you, right? So take that as precious. So she has to press through that, and she is. Some of the news lately isn't the best, but she's keeping up the good news in her heart about Jesus does the supernatural because she's been used all over the world and in my own life to have healing happen through her as a pipe. So I guess we don't have time for your testimonies today, but you have them in your heart now, don't you? You're remembering what Jesus has done for you supernaturally, and that should be good. Carry that. Carry that this week. Carry that farther than this week. Carry that until the last days make you into an enemy of the state, an enemy of the religious. You have to forgive your enemies as well as minister to them and have the joy of the Lord to give you strength. But I'm going to suggest to you, you don't have to wait to go out the door to enter into the supernatural. You have a precious leader in your midst that needs your prayer, that needs your stepping in today. I'm telling you, the last couple of days she's had such joy I had a little bug starting, and that bug is going. She's praying for me. She's got a broken, it's, the wrist is, you know, the bones are healed. It needs a shift from the injury. It needs the fingers to be released. Did you just have me, hear, hear me read the withered hand? Jesus just said, come here, bam, right? Shouldn't that happen now? Okay, now you guys are getting on the course. All right. Ride with me, will you? I believe so. Why should my ankle be healed without surgery and not her wrist? Amanda keeps having increase in her wrist. That gives us the preview. Right? 
I said, right? So what do you think should happen? We should say, oh, that's nice, and walk out the door? Should we put this precious one in our midst and believe like we're on the front line? Rather than, oh, it's the elephant in the room. It just looks like a wrist. And we all walk out. Some of you may feel some challenge right now because you've never personally prayed for your pastor's wrist. And she's had it since May. Feel that challenge, but take it in the right way. This is your opportunity to step into the supernatural and be part of seeing a miracle happen again at Frontline. How many have had a miracle happen to your life? Not just at Frontline, but with Jesus. Come on, that, that's a, some of you are putting it up like, like him. He's got it high. Some of you are doing the half-mast. This is, this is not glory to God. This is glory to God. Awesome. Well, I'm going to put a chair out here, but you're going to be the ones leading the prayer. Because I prayed for her. I've seen a picture of fire around her wrist. And it's going in a counterclockwise direction. How would you interpret that? The way I interpret that is reversal. It's going in the opposite direction. So it's reversal. I've seen a front-end loader scraping away the scar tissue, which is always a problem with one of these injuries, scraping it away and putting it in a different location. What does that sound like to you? Does that sound like healing? It does to me. I've been praying into those pictures humbly because I didn't come up with them. He gave them as a gift, and he does that, especially with me to her. And it's a privilege. And many times she's had healings because of pictures I've had. Do I take ownership over those pictures? I just say, wow, thank you, God, that you're bringing those to me. I'd have nothing. I need you for the supernatural, not me. I've seen a welding iron that was put on her bones and they're welded back together. But do you think they would be welded cockeyed, you know? No. So then the Lord in Ghana, when I'm soaking, <laughs> in the soaking session in Ghana, says bone shift. She needs a bone shift. Can we believe for a bone shift? When my whole ankle was healed, we were healed of malaria, things like that. Come on. We need another supernatural incident to happen with our leaders right i thought i'd be up here coughing today because i had a little bug going on like i said and she prayed over it have you heard me coughing i should have been because i was coughing down there and i thought uh-oh i'm going to be talking about healing and i'm going to get up here and cough on everybody that'll be a little bit embarrassing Okay, I'm not going to delay. Those that are willing, and you say, well, I don't feel anointed for healing. Good, this is a good time to start. Because we don't either. Most of us don't feel like we're the most anointed healers that you could ever find on the planet Earth. No, we feel like children, like, please, help us, Jesus. So she's going to come here. She didn't know anything about this. 
If I would have told her, there might have been a different plan, but who knows? It's possible. I know you love her. Express it. Not just giving her words or pictures or whatever comes to you from God. I know you love her. Tell her.
the system.
Chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. By his stripes we were made here. Surely he is 
We have a birthday boy in the house. Any other birthdays? Tiana, Michael. Whoa. Sudaka. Wow. Ready? Bring him up. Bring him up. Bring him up. Up, up. Got him. Bring him up. Up, 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 up. Look at that. That's a boy. Woo. Come on. Who's singing? Who's singing? Woo. Look at this. We got a crew. Okay, we got the birthday people lined up. Any others? Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Siddhakar, Caleb, Sarah, Tiana, Michael, Jonah. Happy birthday to you. God's love brought you here. God's love brought you here. Happy birthday, God bless you. God's love brought you here. Woo!